Well, hello friends, I'm David Vos, and it's good to see everybody today. It's been a while since we've had a, um, a little teaching. Um, I wanted to talk more about astrology today. Um, you might think we've already covered all that, but there is just so much more that we're going to cover. And eventually we're going get to get around to all of it. But, you know, where to begin? Uh, I've got some things in mind that I want to talk about today. I think that Christians are still, no matter how many times you, you, you tell them things about astrology being in the Bible, you, they bristle up and they say, hmm... You know, astrologies, that's of the devil, all right? That ain't in the Bible. And even if you show them, uh, well, look at the book of Revelation. It's got all these signs and, you know, dragons and Virgos in there and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, but I don't know if that's really astrology. Maybe that's just, um, some people are saying, well, maybe it's that the Bible only, you know, maybe God's the one who wrote the message in the stars, but it's not astrology. It's just the message about Jesus. Okay. What I'm going to do today is show you that the message that's in our Bible is in the stars, yes. But that the message that's in the stars, that's in your Bible, is the message, the exact same message, that the same teachings that the Greeks and the Babylonians and the Egyptians had. It's about something that, as Christians, we don't know a lot about. It's about being reincarnated. It's about the plan of our Father in Heaven. It's about why we're here. The Christ within us. Astrology is in the Bible. I mean, you can come up with lots of different verses. And, and, and the more you come up with them, the more they just kind of go in one ear and out the other. And they think, well, that's just a verse and you're in, it's what you're saying it means. But I don't know if it really means that. You know, how about in Job where it says that, there's, that Job is being asked by God, you know, do you know the Montserrat? And how it goes along in its seasons. The Maserat is the Jewish word for the Zodiac. But, um... The other thing is, is Genesis chapter 1 um, says that God created the stars. And it says he created them for signs. Alright, so now there's another reason why the Bible is saying that God created the stars for signs. What's also interesting is Genesis chapter 1, the very first line of the Bible says this. And, and in our Bibles, it's not translated at all correctly. It's not even translated. The word that, that's in there is not even translated in any Bible you can find. Go to any English Bible. I don't know what they say in Swahili or whatever, but in all of the English translations, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth or something real close to that. But in the actual Hebrew, it says, in the beginning... Bereshit, Elohim, Bara, Aleph Tov. Just Aleph Tov. It's not even a word. See, it's just two letters. Aleph Tov. Those, th those two letters is the A and the Z of the Hebrew alphabet. So in Hebrew, it says, in the beginning, God created the 
A and the Z. And then it goes on to say, he created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and so forth. See, that's what Jesus meant in the book of Revelation when he says, I am the, the Alpha and the Omega. Now he's talking in Greek, and the Alpha and the Omega is the same as the Hebrew Aleph Tav. So, Jesus is saying something by this. I am the beginning and I am the end. I am the first and I am the last. I am the Aleph and I am the Aleph Tav. A and Z is all of the, is, represents all of the alphabet. And there's, of course, 22 letters in the alphabet. And we've talked about in some of the videos that we've been doing about how this, this astrological wheel is mentioned throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament and how the letters each correspond with each of these signs. And there are 12 signs with 10 numbers, which makes the 22 letters and the, how all of these things fit together and how the tarot deck fits in there. And all of these numbers, numerology and all of this stuff, this ancient astrological, ancient science. We've been studying this. In the book of Luke chapter 21, it says that in the latter days, Jesus said, there shall be signs in the heavens. The signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, it says. What do you think Jesus, when he said that, meant that there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars? What kind of a sign could the sun and the moon and the stars give you? See, as Christians, we, 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 there's lots of verses like that in the Bible. And we just like, well, no, the Bible doesn't teach astrology. Well, what sign are you? Astrologists say. What, what sign are you? Well, there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. Where is your sign located? Well, I'm, a, I'm Cancer. I'm a Capricorn. Or, you know, it's in the sky, right? There's a sign in the sky. It's Capricorn. What sign are you? There's going to be a signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, Jesus said. But on earth, anguish of nations. So the stars are going to have signs of the anguish of the nations. It's already written in the stars. There's a sign in the sky. Well, how do we know what, what he meant by that? I mean, maybe he just meant there'd be some, like, um, meteors or, or some some comets or something a sign in heaven i saw a comet oh doom and warning you know no he meant signs in the sun and the moon and the star you think the moon's gonna come flying down out of the sky you're not talking about comets he didn't say there's gonna be signs and comets no he said there will be signs in the moon and the sun and the stars and if you want to know what that is look at revelation chapter 1 verse 1 and it says, I, John, received by the hand of the angel signs. And then he began to tell you, and I saw a sign. He's going to tell you what a sign is. I saw a sign in heaven. Revelation chapter 12. A woman adorned with a sun and the moon beneath her feet. And she had a crown of... 12 stars. That's the zodiac. 
So you see these signs that, that the Bible talks about are to be in the moon and the sun and the stars and they are signs like a woman who has 12 stars, the zodiac. It's talking about the zodiac and it, it mentions different signs all over again. And they shall see the sign of the son of man in heaven. So you see he's talking about signs that portray the anguish of the nations written in the stars. So if God created the stars for signs and for seasons, and he specifically tells us there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and then he specifically tells us that some of these signs, he gives us an illustration about some of these signs, and he says that the signs have to do with the 12 signs of the zodiac and certain signs like the Virgo, then perhaps we should look into astrology because what we're going to find out today is that this entire Bible, the gospel, is the portrayal from, from actually from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. Last chapter, last verse, last letter, last word, A, T, A to Z. It's all about astrology. Now, before we, we, we get into some of that, this is probably going to be a long video because I've got a lot of things to say. I don't know how long I'm going to go. It's getting a little dark out, so I don't know how long the light's going to you know, be there for us. But as long as I've got lighting in here, I'm going to go ahead and, and continue with this. And then if we don't finish today, we'll do another video tomorrow. But I've got this whiteboard here, and I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, show you a couple of things that, to get this started. The Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So let's draw the earth there. And now, now, as we said, the first thing it says is that he made the A and the Z. And then he says that through his word, okay, with these letters, everything was created. The book of Hebrews in chapter 11 says that the whole universe was framed through his word by faith. And Jesus says, I am the word. And all things came into existence through me. And then he says, through the word, whatever you say, shall come to pass. You can tell that mountain to be cast into the sea and it'll obey you. So this word's very powerful. This is how God created, he says, let there be light. He didn't say he made it. He just says, let there be. He just spoke it. And he says, so be it. That's the word, amen. So be it. That's why we say when we pray, so be it, because we're supposed to command that mountain. We should command those demons to flee. We shall tell that disease to be gone and then say, amen. So be it, because you see, with our word, the angels must carry out the word of the Lord. So our father in heaven said, let there be light. And he says, he made the sun and the moon And then it says, he made the stars also. And there was an, an evening and a morning. The first day, and then the evening and the morning, and the second day. It always starts off with an evening and then a morning. So we know that this wheel of astrology has the top half, 
which is day, and then the bottom half, which is night, or the summer and the winter. And he, he says he makes some animals in this garden. So let me um, go over here on this side. Well, we know that he makes a, 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 a lion up here. There's a centaur. He makes uh, a shepherd, a herdsman here. Um, he makes uh, a hare or a rabbit. Let's see, there's a pegasus down here. There's, um, what else we got? We got the fish. We've got a dolphin. that he makes. Uh, we've got a swan, put it right here. Um, there's Cetus, this great uh, beast. This is the, the sea beast. Um, we've got, of course, we've got the ram. We've got the, the Taurus or the bull. We've got uh, a serpent here, which is where we said noon was. We've got the Draco. Which actually is very long. His tail covers the third of the stars of heaven. We've got... Um, So let's see, there's the scorpion here. Um, let's put the, there's an eagle up here because the lion has the wings of an eagle. In fact, this is, was raw in the Egyptian uh, chart and they had it as an eagle. So we put the eagle there. It's still in, in, in our chart, but it's, it's um, sometimes the eagle is the serpent because the serpent and the scorpion is down here in, the, in this area of the bottomless pit, but it's the eagle that kills the serpent. So he's down here too. The, the dog here, we've got the bear here, and um, we've got, of course, the centaur here. And on and on and on. We've got all of these, um, all of these animals. I better get a try over on this side. You can't see me over there. So after he creates this garden, it says that God then creates a tree in the middle of the garden. Now let's draw the tree. This is the garden. This is the middle of the garden. So we'll draw this tree. This is the trunk of the tree and this is the branches. Okay, and so we'll, we'll do it that way. And the tree, of course, has roots. And so there's the roots of this tree. And there's the, the branches of this tree. 
And so there's a tree in the middle of the garden, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And because it's in the middle, then it turns out that, 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 that it's the same tree. You've also got a serpent. And we said this Draco is this uh, dragon. And, and it says that he, this great dragon has a third of the stars of heaven in his tail. Well, actually, if you were to look at this, you'd see that it goes like this. There's that Draco. His tail drags a third of the stars of heaven. And he, he covers half the sky there. If you look up in the sky, you'll see it. And um, so he, so, so then this here is the Virgo. And this is the, the Leo. This is Virgo. And you know, this is the time of year. We, we didn't translate. Virgo is harvest time. And so they always call this house the house of harvest or the house of bread. Now in our Bible, the house of bread is translated Bethlehem. Beth means house and Laham or Latam means bread. Laham, Bethlehem. So this is the house of bread. This is Bethlehem where Jesus was born. And the Virgo was pregnant and gave birth the next one down here is Libra. Libra, if you've ever noticed, has a pair of scales in her hand. And there's three deacons in each one of these, of course. What we're going to find out is that these deacons tell the story. How mankind has gone through the great uh, ages of time and, and how these stars were created for signs. So this then, this tree, what is it? What is this tree? Well, you see, the ancient scientists, the ancient ones knew that this was a science and they understood this tree to be like this. And they call this a Taurus field. It's the energies that are coming up out of the earth. The top of the tree was positive. That's the North Pole on this earth. The positive, giving out the energies from the, from the top of the halo. You ever seen somebody with a halo? He's got these beautiful colors coming out the top of his head. This is the flame. Now, if you'll ever notice, a flame looks like this. more like that. Well, if you've ever noticed that a, a flame of fire is usually red, but at the very top, it's blue. It's red and blue, and at the very bottom, it may even be yellow. If you look down inside the fire, sometimes you get a little glimpse of a little bit of a green color in the middle, because you see inside the fire, is the actual energy. You know how when you take a match and you, you do that, first thing that happens is this green, you know, like sulfurous green. Green is where it is sort of an anagram of energy, energy, 
green. So inside, or the actual energy, is the color green. And then when that color goes up, it goes into the blue. The yellow's on the bottom. The yellow and the blue makes the green in the middle. But on the top, you get the blue. And blue, then, is where we get the word bull. Uh, it's not the where we get the word bull, but they're, they're anagrams of each other. They're, they're the same root words. The word blue is, is the bowl around the earth, the ball. And so the earth then is a bowl for you flat earthers. This is why our earth is a round sphere, because of the Taurus field. Taurus is the bull. But there's two forms of this bull. The toro, which is the tohor, or the red, the red field, and the bulu, which is the bull, or the blue field. And there's the blue redshift in, in, in energy. It makes different, depending on the intensity of the energy and whether it's positive or negative. So just like you see at the, at, at the North Pole, if you've ever had the privilege to see the Aurora Borealis, you see these green lights coming out of the top of the North Pole. Well, it's green at the very bottom and it starts kind of turning blue. That's why our sky is blue because the blue is the ball, the blue of the earth, the earth looks blue. But down inside, it looks green. Life itself, the energy, the green grass, the living principle is green. But as it goes out in its intensity and it becomes, instead of light, pure energy, it starts going into these different vibrations, longer wavelengths, it turns into a red color. So that's why when the sun goes down, it turns red because you're getting a different angle, a longer wavelength as the sun has to travel through the atmosphere and it makes a longer wavelength. So this is the red shift, blue shift, and this is the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, sucking in all of the energy at the bottom. That's the negative energy pulling. It's like what they call gravity. It's just pulling in, but it's really a vortex field. If you've ever seen a hurricane going around like this, you see it's sucking everything in at the bottom and spitting it out at the top. It's giving and forever giving. The energy is endless. And it's constantly got an insatiable desire to suck up things from the bottom. This is the bottomless pit. And so the river of life, it would flow all the way around. That's the river that's in the sky, the Iridanus that's in the sky. So the Garden of Eden then is this whole creation that we live in. And we can look at the world and see it in a physical form. We see a physical world. We see the animals. We see rivers. We see mountains. The Bible is explaining this in a very, very symbolic, spiritual way. And it explains the earth. And this then is the tree in the middle of the garden. But you see, it's not an actual tree. What you have to do is eat. First of all, you've got to be filled and saturated with this physical knowledge so that you can learn, so that you can become mass. You gain a body. We have to all come to this world to gain a body and to learn by the things in which we suffer. But at some point, we need to stop and rest. We come to the end of this time that we, that we 
suffer and we begin to realize and go within ourselves into that source and we begin to realize we've got this this endless eternal infinite source within us that can just constantly be giving and when we do that then we begin to partake of the tree of life and we live forever we live forever in our consciousness instead of just constantly needing we're actually living and giving and creating and so this is what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, friends. And this is the Garden of Eden, and this is what we're going to study today. So, um, after having shown you that, let's move to this, this here. Now, this is um, something I've already, I've already written up so that you can get an idea. And you can understand that astrology is not only in the Bible, but it is the Bible. It is, it is, it's the whole secret to everything. You see, uh, there's three deacons. These are constellations. There's three different constellations in every sign. There's actually four. The ancient Greeks said there were 48 constellations, but that's because 12 of them are, are the actual houses, the sign or the constellation that, that, that is the name or the, the, the one that occupies the house. And then each of these signs has three deacons or servants. And so the, 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 the deacons makes 36. And if you go around both in the day and in the night, twice, you go around twice, 36 and 36 is 72. And that's the 72 the Bible rounds it off to 70, where it says Jesus 12, chose 12 disciples, and then he chose 70 also. And that's the 70 deacons. So, the Bible starts off, the gospel starts off in John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first thing it says is that there was a virgin that was promised in marriage, and she was pregnant and ready to give birth, and she was this virgin. This is the virgin that's going to give birth. You see, remember, this is the evening and this is the morning. And everything starts in, the, you can have two different, there's different ways you can start the day. Now, I see today, modern times, we start the day at midnight down here. The day starts at midnight. It goes around and noon is up here and then it starts again another day at midnight. Just like we start the year in January, right? Now, in ancient uh, calendars, many of them, they started the day at either evening or morning. Most ancient civilizations started their day with the evening first, and then they had the morning. And that's why in the Bible, in Genesis chapter one, it says, and there was an evening and a morning the first day, and an evening and a morning the second day. So the Hebrew way of counting a day is to start in the evening. Now that would make sense because things start off in the evening because we're going to progress. We're going to go on towards the light. And that's what Jesus says. The, 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 the day is at hand and the night is far spent. So we're going forward from the night to the dark, to the light. And so our history is the dark ages, the dark past. But we're going to the light. We're going to progress and we're going to become kings and, and lords and going to sit down on our throne and rule with Christ as joint heirs with Christ. And we're going to, we're going to do that. And we're going to be like the stars of heaven. So, as I've said many times, the astrological wheel always starts here in Aries. 
when you are doing astrology, you start there because that's the spring and this is the beginning of the astrological wheel and it ends in Pisces. But when you're talking about prophecy, because the Bible starts off in the, in the book of Genesis with the evening and the morning and it's talking about prophecy, we start the day with the evening. And in fact, this is what the gospels do. They start off with the virgin birth. Now the first deacon in the virgin uh, house of Virgo is a little virgin woman, a beautiful virgin woman. She's holding her son in her lap. This is the Madonna. It's in the sky. Now, what else could that mean? You say, oh, that's probably pagan. That's probably uh, Krishna or something. Or, you know, the Egyptian Isis and Osiris and her son Horus. So that's not Christian, right? Okay. Well, then the second deacon or, or constellation we, we run into is the centaur. Is that, see, there you go, Dave. That ain't in the Bible. Jesus ain't no centaur. Well, the centaur was half horse and half man. And he represented a man who was half God and half man. Isn't that what we call Jesus? Son of man and son of God. Now, according to the story in the Greek mythology and in the ancient astrological wisdom, and this, what we call today mythology, but the story goes like this. And, 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 and we're going to show that this story that the Greeks believed in, all this story, is word for word in the Bible. You see, Apollos, Apollyon is down here. According to the book of Revelation, it says Apollyon is in the bottomless pit and he's given the keys to the bottomless pit and he opens the bottomless pit and the king of the bottomless pit is Apollyon, the son of destruction. So there's no question who Apollyon is. He's the devil and he's down here, the Draco, the devil, at the bottom of the wheel, Capricorn, and we're going to get to that. But the centaur is half man, half God. And according to the story, the centaur was sent to the earth to become a man, even though he was a God. He was sent to the earth to become a man and to take on uh, the form of a man, which is why he's represented this way. Just like in our Bible, Jesus represented the lamb. Don't be, don't be surprised if there's going to be some symbolism here. But you see, he's represented this way, and it says that he's pierced in his side with a sword that was dipped in the blood of Hydra. Oh, that ain't from that ain't from the Bible. Oh, buddy. Well, what it's talking about is the fact that his suffering was so great. He was this this, this centaur. His name was Shirion, and Shirion was the son of Kronos. You see, see that ain't our father, Kronos. Well, Kronos is very similar to the, uh, he was the, like the father of the gods. Remember Zeus had to cut him open and get his brothers out, his 12 brothers. This is the same story. The Bible's just filled this story over and over again. Samson and his, you know, uh, 30 virgins and, and uh, you know, taking the jawbone of an ax and, ass and, and wiping out the Philistines. All of these stories in the Old Testament and in the New. But we got to go through them one by one. All of the stories are these stories. If you want to understand the Bible, you've got to understand astrology. So, Shirion, the centaur, was allowed by his father Kronos to come into the world so that he could relieve himself of the spear that was dipped in the blood of Hydra, the Satan, the flesh. He had to relieve himself of this physical 
suffering. And so this is why we all come into the world, so that we can relieve ourselves from the physical suffering, so that we can learn and grow and become spiritual beings. Even though we were always spiritual, but we've got to make this realization. We've got to overcome the flesh so that we can experience the glory and be with our Father in heaven. We've got to come down and get a body and experience and learn by the things in which we suffer. The third deacon is the, is the, the herdsman, or as they say, or as the Bible says, the great shepherd. This is the great shepherd that shepherds the sheep. Then the next constellation is, or, or, or house is Libra. If you've ever seen Libra, she's got scales. You say, well, I don't know what that means, but it has nothing to do with Jesus, right? Well, the first deacon in Libra is a man holding scales in one hand and a lamb in the other. You see, because the, the scales of justice cannot be met. You cannot meet. You're coming down into this physical realm and there's, there's this justice that's got to be done, but you can't balance the scale. Only thing you can balance the scale is this innocent lamb. See, the innocent lamb. This is what the Egyptians believed in, friends. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and fulfills the, the debt of that justice, that, that injustice that must be balanced. And that's what that deacon is. And then the second one is that same centaur. And now we see him killing a wolf. Yeah, we forgot about the wolf over here. The wolf comes only to steal and to rob and to plunder and to kill the sheep. Remember, he's the herdsman, the great shepherd. And he is the man who is half man, half God, who came here to relieve us of the suffering. And so one of the things, the first thing he does after he's born in the house of Bethlehem from a virgin is die. Because right here is the Southern Cross. And Jesus died upon that cross. You say, now wait a minute, I thought you said Jesus died over here in Aries. Well, you see, Jesus died 2,000 years ago at the beginning of Aries. Yes, he did. And everything he did, the gospel, is acting out the whole course of human history. And so all of us then are joint heirs with Christ. We all must take up our cross and follow him. He is the firstborn of many brethren. And so we're all being portrayed here. You're the fool. You're the one that's going down through this darkness. You're the one that's going to see the great light. And you're the one that's going to be sitting on thrones with Christ and you're going to rule with him and you're going to be a joint heir with him. And if he died, we died together with him that we might also live together with him. And so everything that I'm telling you here, everything that I'm showing you isn't just about a man named Jesus, but it's also about you because you have a Christ within you. And Paul says that he wanted for that Christ to be born in you. He, he wanted to preserve you as a chaste, as a, uh, as a chaste virgin. So that's the job that we have to do in, in our descent. We've got to get rid of the wolf because that wolf's after the sheep. So that's the first thing Jesus did for us, my friends, is he came here to get rid of this wolf that was trying to devour us. 
But that's not the only thing he's got to do. And you're going to find out as we go through this that there's a lot of stuff that our Lord did and that is real. That isn't just some uh, Bible. It's not just one book. But every testimony on in every nation, on every country, all around the world, for thousands of years, they have testified of Jesus Christ and the work that he had to do. And without understanding this, we don't really understand anything about Jesus. But you see, it's through knowing about Jesus that we have eternal life. So we better start learning because you want to know about eternal life and you want to be saved. And it's only through Jesus that we can be saved because he's the only truth, the way, and the life. And this is the way to follow him. And this is what the, the path that he took. So we've got to understand this path because Jesus said to Thomas, I'm going my way to the Father. You know the way, you will come after. And Thomas says, we don't know the way and we don't know where you're going. What do you mean we know the way? See, we do know the way. It's all written right here. He didn't leave us without instructions, you see. He says, the Holy Spirit shall come and shall teach you all things and remind you of the things in which I said. These are the things Jesus told us. It's been written in the stars. It was written in the Gospels. And now we need the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us in understanding these things. And so let's do that today. And let's take this very prayerfully and very sincerely because this is the truth. Something that we've been missing for so long. We've been arguing, one church after another, arguing, arguing, arguing. Oh, my church is better than yours. Because I'm Mennonite, right? And, and we just have long dresses and we don't do any of that short stuff, you know. And, and we don't have radios in our car and we're, we're godly. Yeah, but our church, we go out and we give charity and stuff. Okay, we're just fighting over little things. We should be doing all these good things, not fighting with each other. And we should realize that the truth... Is something we have to have because it's the truth that's going to set us free. So stop quibbling and arguing. Let's find the truth. And that's going to take prayer. So let's, let's make sure that we're very sincere and we ask our Father in heaven that we might understand these things because, friends, this means eternal life. So what do we got next? Then you've got a crown, a third deacon in Libra, a crown. And there's this Draco, the serpent, appears to be eyeing the crown, right? Maybe he wants that crown, but we know who's going to get the crown. See, you know, the Bible says that, the Apostle Paul says that he was going to try to be faithful, that he might receive his crown, right? down here into Scorpion. I remember this is, this is the, um, these three are spoken of as Egypt. Because you see, as soon as Jesus was born of the Virgin, the first thing they did was, because Herod was after him, to kill him. The serpent's always after him, right? This great red dragon in the book of Revelation says the dragon chased the woman into the wilderness. See, what is this wilderness? Remember the Israel? She's the woman. And she went down into the wilderness. And who was after her? Pharaoh. Pharaoh is that Leviathan, right? That the Bible talks about. So this Leviathan or this dragon, there's various scriptures that calls the Leviathan a great dragon in the book of Isaiah. So we know that the dragon is the Leviathan. And we know that the Leviathan 
is a representation of Pharaoh, who is this leader or king of the dark realm down here, who is the devil. And so Scorpio then is a place where there is a man wrestling with a serpent. If you've ever looked up in the sky and seen that, that, that man up there wrestling with that serpent, he's got one tail behind his head and the head in the front and the tail in the back and he's, you know, he's wrestling the serpent. Who do you suppose that is? That's you and I. We've got to wrestle with the flesh. Remember how Jacob wrestled with the flesh? He wrestled with Jehovah all night long because Jehovah is the one who created the laws. He's the deceiver. And we've got to wrestle with the carnal nature and we've got to overcome it. And that's what Jesus did when he went to hell. He says he conquered Satan in hell. That's what we're going to do. We're going to conquer this evil, wicked deceiver. We're not going to believe him. We're going to overcome him. And we're going to overcome him by the word of our witnessing. So we went down into Egypt. I called my son out of Egypt. First thing that happened was he was born of a virgin in the house of Bethlehem. He went down into Egypt and he starts doing all these things. Then it, you see this Hercules is what it is in the Greek mythology. He's stepping on a scorpion. You ever seen that one in the sky? What do you think that represents? Some mythological, satanic, wicked nastiness? No. You see, the Bible says that uh, chapter 6 of Revelation, the sun goes out and the bottomless pit is opened up. Well, the sun goes out right here. See? Because that's when the sun goes down about six o'clock in the evening at dusk and the sun goes down and the sun went out. And you know why the sun goes out? Because the centaur, which is Sagittarius, he's got a bow and he shoots that bow and shoots the scorpion and the scorpion pinches the sun. They say that it leaves a kiss mark. It's Judas Iscariot who betrays the Lord Jesus and and he goes and he dies on the cross and the sun goes down and in hell he has to conquer all these forces that's what this is about friends this is beautiful and so hercules steps on hercules is this mighty strong man who's able to overcome and lift up the earth he can overcome the physical realm he can conquer the scorpion we'll step on serpents and scorpions we'll trample upon serpents and scorpions that's in hell, when the bottomless pit is opened up and the scorpions and the serpents come out. And what comes out of the hell right after the serpents and the scorpions? It says that they, the scorpions torment men, men five months. One, two, three, four, five. And then it's over. It's only five months. We got this licked. But right after the scorpion... And the serpents are trampled on by Hercules and he's down there in hell. That's what Jesus did for us down in hell. He's conquering all these satanic things. Then it says, Hercules kills the dragon. Oh, buddy, this big dragon that was after the woman in the wilderness right down there in Egypt. Remember? Jesus, the centaur, the half man, half God, Hercules, the mighty strong man. He kills the dragon. And then guess what happens? The Bible says that I saw 144,000 playing on their harp in Lyra. That's in Sagittarius. That's, the G, that's Jesus who's got his bow, right? And he's, got, he's on his horse. He's a half man and he's the half God and he's going to conquer. And he goes forth to conquer. 
and the 144,000 are with him and they're playing upon their harps and only the 144,000 can master the song. Well, we talked about the 144,000, how it's a multiple of uh, 40 times 360 because there's 360 days in a year and they went around 40 years. Moses led them around and around and around this thing until they came out. The 12 tribes marched around in military brigade. This is what this is all about. They went up to Mount Horeb to get the law. Okay, and then they didn't like that law because they weren't ready yet. So that law was broken and then they went up to Mount Sinai. That's the, that word is the moon. So they didn't get the law of the sun or the righteousness, but they got the law of the moon, the carnal law. They got that down here, down here in Egypt. And so this is just the physical, the carnal laws that we've, we're overcoming because uh, it condemned us to death. And so this is the, the Scorpio is the sign of death. And Pluto rules that, or Hades. And, and later on, we're going to find Neptune or Poseidon. You see, he was ruler over the ocean, over the sea. But so after the heart, we've got an altar. Now, what would the altar be doing down here? Well, the Bible says, I saw an altar. And all the souls of those who had been martyred for the witness of Jesus. And there was prayers going up. And the angels are taking these prayers up to our Father in heaven he said, how long, O oh Lord, faithful and true, doth you not judge in our blood and revenge our blood? He said, just wait a little longer. Just a little longer because we've got to wait for your fellow servants to be martyred as you have been. Because you see, we're not done yet. There's a little bit of time here. You know, We've got to wait for the coming of the Lord and the gospel and the light. Because we're down here learning some things. So then... There's this uh, dragon's tail sweeping a third of the stars of heaven. This is where the dragon starts and he sweeps his tail up around through here. That's Sagittarius. Then we go into Capricorn. Of course, Capricorn, the first deacon there is the silver spear. The silver spear. It was Apollo's spear, right? What's Apollo got this spear for? Well, Apollo is the Apollyon, the, you know, the son of destruction, the one who's got the key to the bottomless pit. He's down here and, and they usually call that the devil. And uh, then you've got uh, a wounded eagle. This is the second deacon, see? Because that represents wisdom. Eagle always represents wisdom, knowledge. But he's wounded because down here, it's kind of hard to see in the darkness. And so Satan's silver spear wounds the eagle, but he's not dead. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. He's only wounded because... This Capricorn, this goat-looking satanic Baphomet, he's got a fish tail. It looks like a fish. Well, I wonder, but I wonder what this, um, this fish tail represents. What is this thing? Well, first of all, they're down here in the water. And, and, and from this point forward, it's going up. So you need to have something, an animal that can climb, because this is considered a steep ascent. So the goat's going to start climbing, but he's also in the water. So he's going to need some kind of a tail, a fish tail. Well, it turns out that this fish tail is not really a fish. It's a dolphin tail because 
The next sign is a dolphin. It's as clear as day, and the ancients always called it a dolphin. The dolphin is a mammal. The flesh is the physical carnal nature, the mammalian. And this mammal represents resurrection and life because um, he, he's seen jumping out of the water like, you know, he's resurrected from this depths and these emotions and this abyss. So what could that mean, this resurrection down here, right? I thought the resurrection happened up here. Well, remember, he died on the cross, Jesus did. He was born of the virgin in the house of bread, in the house of Bethlehem. He goes down into Egypt. And in hell, he conquers Satan. But at the bottom of the wheel, on December 22nd, remember, that's the birth of Jesus. Well, it's not the birth of his physical body, but this is the birth of his spiritual awakening. This is the Christ. Because, you see, the first thing that happens down here, this is January. Ioannis, this is John. John, he's the one that does the baptizing in the water, in the Eridanus, or the Jordan. And the Eridanus, you see, is right here. And that river goes down across the sky like this. If you look in the sky, the Jordan River, that's the river of life. That's the stars. It represents the stars in the Milky Way. And so we've all got to go through the Milky Way and be baptized into the forces of these earthly carnal forces and, and cleanse ourselves of every defilement, flesh and spirit by learning, by the things in which we suffer. So Jesus himself partook of flesh and blood, as did his brothers. And he also, to fulfill all righteousness, came into the world and was baptized by John. He says, be it this way, this time, that we might fulfill all righteousness. Because everybody's got to come into the world, even the Lord, to be likened to his brethren and partake of this flesh and go through this and show us the way and take up his cross. And we all must do it with him, that we might live also with him. And so, the dolphin represents this resurrection as he's gone through the hell, one, two, three days and nights in hell. And then at this point here, he begins to ascend. Remember, when he dies over here, Jesus died, and he represented the whole thing. Everything was represented right there in the gospel. In just a few earthly years, it represented everything that's going to happen. But in reality, we all go down into this part, into the Egypt. We're all down into Egypt, and then we've got to go through the Red Sea. See, this is the sea, the Aquarius, the Pisces. And this is where we're resurrected, and we ascend. What is it that Jesus descended? But that he ascended far above all things. But first, that he descended below everything. And this is the depths. This is the bottomless pit. He had to overcome the Scorpio out of the bottomless pit. He had to overcome everything. And he became this dolphin, which is that Capricorn with that dolphin tail that was under these bondage of the flesh that finally he could conquer it and lay it, lay it away and be fully dolphin, fully reborn and start living and be ascending. That's what this is talking about. And then, of course, he, 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 um, he begins his ministry and the Pisces is the symbol of two fish. The first thing Jesus did when he started his ministry is he found uh, Peter and Andrew and he says, come and follow me and you become fishers of men. Because you see, when you go through this 
uh, Pisces, you're going through these two fit, you're, you're, you're becoming a fisher of men. You're starting to um, redeem mankind and you're gathering your disciples, gathering your energies. But the next thing is the Aquarius. And that first deacon is the southern fish. There's a uh, there's a fish in there. The next one is Pegasus, which represents Jesus coming to victory on his horse. And then you've got the swan, which is also very similar to Pegasus. A swan represents grace, because this is the grace that the church is under now. Because Jesus came to teach us his grace, and he gave us the dove of peace and the swan that is grace. And that's what the swan represents. And so he rides to victory. And then he gathers his disciples and it says that there are uh, two fish tied with a band to this great monster called Cetus. Cetus is a great big monster sea beast. And the book of Revelation says that the woman um, went through the wilderness and the dragon was after her. And then she, this beast stood on the sands of the sea. He stood right here on the sands of the sea because this is where it's going to get into the, the land or they come out of the water. And this Cetus is going to swallow up Jesus and he's going to be in the whale, the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. And this is, this is his, his final death and resurrection. And he's resurrected in eternal life. And the sun Horus is, is raised up on the horizon. So right at this, so then, this, then, then you see um, a ram coming that breaks it's just actually this ram that that you see in the in the starry sky who's basically the ram is breaking these these chains that are binding the two fish so he, he gives freedom to his disciples and to truth and then the third sign is a as a princess who is chained uh at the at the edge of his cliff to this cetus and so that's the reason Jesus came, friends, is to redeem his bride. Remember, this is the same story. In this, this story here, it is um, uh, Perseus that, that goes down and saves his bride. Uh, they stay for a while of Cephas, the king, their parents. They stay with their parents for a while. Um, but Cephas is the second deacon and the third one is the chain princess to the sea monster so uh, the ram frees them busts the chains and then the sea monster goes and swallows him up and he dies and then he's reborn and i think we're going to go ahead and end it there we'll probably cover this a little a lot more in the next video because i can see that we've been going a long time and um we won't have any time to do any more today but I'll go ahead and pick it up there again. Next video will be uh, video number two. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. And um, we'll see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.